What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Drugs and Stuff podcast with David Stanley Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by True Nutrition as well as Get Azoth and Supplement Needs. David, welcome back to your program. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. We got a lot of feedback on the last episode. Uh, people t- trying to tell me that the word whilst was an actual word. Yes. Well, see, people are now starting to support me and realize how tor- tortured my life is <laughs> with having to work with you. <laughs> we got a question about that, actually, about our, our well, relationship, how we met and stuff. We'll get to, to that later in the episode um we've had a few questions too if anybody wanted to ask questions of course we take them on the live feed here during the program we uh we have the advices radio group over at uh facebook and of course uh you can always ask them in the youtube feed so on that note too by the way if you guys enjoy our programming do us a favor uh give us a like uh give us a, a, a leave us a comment all that stuff it helps to boost us up in the algorithm send uh, us money send us money that that's good. We'll take that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and of course, guys, if you haven't subscribed, we have several programs that come out each week. You can stay up to date with everything we have going on. Dave, I thought we'd start yep. out today with a little bit of steroids in the news. So um, here's the deal. I've got a story here, and they spell the word. They, they I don't know. This is the, it's called Whales Online. Spelled W A L E S. First of all, they misspelled that. It's W H A L E S. The country, not the animal. Oh, I thought this was like featuring animals or something, but mm. that makes a lot more sense because this story does have to do with nothing to do with whales. Um, well, they are all slightly interrelated in whales, to be honest. And then they this they also made a mistake in the uh, the uh, the heading here. It says. Um, Mum, spelled with a U, mum, got partner to sneak steroids to her son in prison because she was worried that he was being bullied. What's up Mm. with that? I have Mm. have a feeling they got into some serious trouble for that one. You know, what's more embarrassing, getting done for smuggling gear into a prison or... Your mum doing it because she thought you were getting picked on. <laughs> oh yeah. If he didn't get oh, picked on before, he got fucking getting picked on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely got picked on after this. A mother got her partner uh to take a package of steroids into prison for her son because she thought he was being bullied by other prisoners, a court heard. Um let's see. So she had her partner, her boyfriend, um uh, uh, let's see they they realized that they were being watched on camera in the visiting area as the showfield uh, as showfield handed the package and uh, tried to hide another yeah. Schofield Oh Schofield Schofield S C H Yes Schofield Okay yeah, good enough yeah Schofield Don't don't, don't. Even talk about pronunciation. Aluminum. What is it? Aluminum. You fucking retarded. You just what? said it right for the first time no, in your life. No, aluminium. What the hell is an aluminium? Worcestershire, not Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah, where's Worcestershire sauce? No, no, I'm sorry, but we don't even go. Winds me up something chronic because he cannot say ingredients correctly. Okay, let's get through this, Dave. We'll try to get. Let's try to be professional for once. <laughs> 
Uh, it says um, they didn't have uh, to appear have any kind of have. Uh, let me try that again. It did not appear to be particularly a sophisticated effort to smuggle the drugs into prison. Uh, basically, they were in the, uh, serving a prison time. Uh, there was a visiting situation. He handed one package to the prisoner under the table in the visiting room. The prisoner put it down his trousers and hid it inside his body. So what does that mean? He, he, he shoved it up his bum. Mm. He put it in his jail wallet. Mm. Uh, the court heard prison staff were there within seconds. Uh, and they were taken uh, away from the visiting room. Uh, he was searched, uh, but the package was never recovered. What? You can't give someone a rectal examination without a court order because it's invasion of their body. So what they'd do is they'd take him into a room, strip him, make him squat. If the package didn't reveal itself, they would argument put him in his cell and, and wait for it to pass. But obviously they've never caught him with the package at any point. So he's got it out and he's moved it on. Mm. Um, I mean, just so you probably won't be aware of how prison works, prison visiting works in the UK, but generally it's like a big dining hall with tables with chairs around. So the prisoner goes in and sits at the table or the visitors go sit at the table, then the prisoners come to the table, sit opposite, talk to the visitor, and vice versa. So it is possible to, to pass contraband across if you're very, very slight of hand and very careful. But it, it's cameraed, and there's prison guards in the area watching as well. Okay. Obviously, these weren't very slight. Okay. Yeah, it says... Um, it's, not, it's not like it's a screen or anything like that. That's a closed visit. So open visits, you are allowed physical contact with the people that are visiting you. Okay. Um, it says that they were escorted to a waiting area, still being filmed, while the original guy who brought the packages in, they said it was uh, obvious that uh, they tried to dispose of a second package behind a bench. So the second package, uh, it was found to contain uh, 21 class three steroid tablets commonly used for bodybuilding, valued between uh, 75 to 100 pounds in the prison setting. So. You're going to a lot more, obviously, just like anything else, yeah. you're going to get a lot more money for something once you're once yeah. you're inside. Oxymethylone can go starting at um, a pound, a tab, upwards. Okay, wow. Um, and it can get into the, the three, four, and, and depending on availability, it can get quite expensive. So, yeah, prison... Prison prices for, and obviously orals are particularly popular because there's no problem with needles and stuff like that. It's just a tablet. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so, but the, the prices can get very high. Hmm. Uh, they're very high value commodity in prison. Hmm. Um, but uh, are there yeah. a lot of people using steroids in prison? Like how common? Um, is that? Definitely in the open prisons where people get access to the outside a little bit more freely. Yeah. Um, so as as. In our prison structure, I'm not sure how it works in the States, but we, we have a class A, B, C, D. So D is an open prison, which effectively means you would possibly go out and work somewhere during the day, come back to the prison on the evening. You'd be allowed home at weekends. Um, you'd even possibly be allowed off the prison grounds during the day. So it, it's not super strict. So obviously access to steroids in that environment is very, very easy. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, then your class C is more restrictive but you've got more freedom of movement within the establishment 
Okay. But parcels would still have to, so contraband drugs would still have to be smuggled in. Uh, quite often it's a, a parcel bunged, up, bunged over the fence and then someone in the, the gardening crew would collect that and that would then get delivered into whoever it was for and everybody gets a bit of a backhander on the way out. Huh. Um, I've heard they're using drones now too. The, yeah, they, the, I think they've clamped down on that. i tell you what, what a very common way now is for, for particularly for, for like synthetic cannabis, mm. is they'll soak it into paper. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then they send a legal letter in on solicitor's letterhead. Now, legal letters aren't opened officially by the prison, or never used to be. Yeah. So that, And then, obviously, what they do then is they sell the strips of paper off, uh, and it's worth a lot of money. Hmm. Um, but steroids generally have to come in in a parcel one way or another, so commonly it's over the wall, into the grounds, gardeners collect, and then bring them onto the wing, and it's distributed that way. Hmm. And then uh, as you get into B, obviously it gets much harder because you've got much less access to outside, controls much more restricted. And then when you get into A, it's very restricted. So generally in A, you're looking at potentially probably a prison guard being involved in the supply of contraband. Hmm. Turns um, out nobody got in trouble for this one. It looks like they, well, they, they, they got suspended sentences, didn't they? So they didn't go to prison. It was suspended. Yeah, yeah. And in, in part, that was because it took, oh, I think it took nearly a year to get to get to trial or something. They, they said it waited far too long. Okay, and that's that's why. Well, good for I them. Mean, the the defence is probably bollocks. It's probably just what they've made up. It probably was a, an, an active, you know, situation where they were trying to bring contraband into him. But hmm. who knows? Uh, it may have been genuine. He may have genuinely been bullied. But you know, like any any substance in prison, it, it's valuable. Yeah. They said uh, that uh, Schofield, um, when they when he was confronted about this by the police, uh, he immediately copped to it and was like, "Yeah, I did it." Versus how the guy who was in prison was a little more reluctant to admit anything. So he, he was already he knew you better not you better deny deny deny. Well, if he's if, he, if he's in the system, he, he's most likely got experience of the system, so probably knows you don't say fuck all. Um, yeah. And obviously, he still ended up with some tablets because they never found the one he shoved up his ass. That's a good point. Yeah. Huh. You know the worst thing in prison? It's I can imagine. A, thing, I can imagine a lot of pretty bad things. There's one thing in prison is when you're using um, an illegal mobile phone, so someone has smuggled a mobile phone in. Mm-hmm. Okay, it always stinks of shit. Oh. Because it's always been up somebody's ass. That's a lot, man. I think about <laughs> my phone. That's a lot of. Oh phone. no, no, you're not putting. You know, obviously it's a small phone. But I wanted like an iPhone. I had like that six plus <laughs> S. You know, the real big one. I like that. It's got a nice big screen. You can scroll Galaxy on and Note. stuff. Yeah, Galaxy <laughs> Note, something like that. Yeah, tablet. I want a tablet. But oh, it, it, you know, it's. Mobile phones are, are not that hard to get your hands on in prison. No kidding. Uh, plenty, huh. of, plenty of people that know they're going into prison will already have one shoved up their ass before they even come in. Wow. Um, huh. So if you go into court, you know you're going to be sentenced. You fill your back hole with as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, if you ever use one, it nine times out of ten just stinks of shit. Wow. So you're so... Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a pleasant experience. <laughs> Here's an interesting, uh, interesting in addition to, so although the prison sentences were suspended, nine-month suspended sentence, um, says uh, they, he was ordered to complete a 15-day uh, drug and alcohol rehabilitation treatment program. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if there, there's some. There obviously must be some history there. So I, I don't know if either party has a history of drug use. Mm-hmm. So they've linked that in with the supply element and say, well, you're a drug user. So, or, or if it's it's just a standard thing because it's drugs. It's like, well, we're going to teach you about the, you know, what these drugs do, how they harm people, and why you shouldn't do this and all that sort of crap. Now, I've heard scenarios here where somebody gets in trouble for steroids. And then they have to do like narcotics anonymous meetings and stuff like that. And and really it's like, it's, it's odd because it's somebody who uses steroids, but now they're being in a classroom setting with everybody else who has been using, you know, drugs like crack and heroin and meth. And, you know, it just, it, it, as you've stated before, it doesn't seem like it's really a valuable teaching tool for somebody who got caught with steroids. They're getting a little bit more, aware that steroid use needs a different sort of approach but that there is an educational element to it mm-hmm. um but what they often will will put you on in uk base is what they call ets or, or some other version of that which is then enhanced thinking skills and it's basically a course where they discuss your thought process behind making the decisions you make rather oh. than the actual use of the drugs themselves now i like that and that's kind of what na is supposed to be you know that the... it's, it's shit though i mean oh. honestly right i'll give you an example of one they posed to us was you go into a bar your girlfriend sat there with a man at a bar they acknowledge you what do you do well you beat the man right well you cause a scene. Over. You get a bottle. Yeah, cause a scene. Smash the table. Kill him. Put him in hospital. Yeah. Beat the woman for being no. Right. All that. That's um, in that order. No, I mean, you know, the, 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 go over the table, introduce yourself. All right, you know, offer to buy a drink, that sort of thing. But no, that's wrong because that's that's aggressive. What you should do is go to the bar and buy a drink and bring the drinks as a peace offering to the table, so nobody feels. That, How do I know what the fuck is drinking? Yeah. But that was the sort of shite they came out with. So mm. I've never been particularly impressed with a, a lot of these. There are certain courses run by certain individuals in certain prisons that are, you know, quite reasonable. But a lot of them are just shite. It sounds like it. They just don't reflect to the real world that we live in. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, they do try and they, they have a, a half-arsed attempt at trying to look at the underlying behavior behind choices rather than just say, oh, well, don't do drugs because it's bad for you, you know what I mean? Yeah, in itself, I do like that idea. I mean, I feel mm. like that makes a lot more sense to me because if you're if you're making the decision to use drugs, you're probably making a lot of other really bad decisions before you got to that point, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree if it was delivered in an informative and constructive way, but yeah. it, it, it's a bit, it's overly PC'd. Yeah, yeah. Which sort of then just switches people off. Yeah. You know, and you're actually marked on your conduct in the class. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you took the piss because, well, that's not a real world scenario, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Then that's a negative mark for you because, as far as they're concerned, you've been negative in the course and not been constructive. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, give me a break. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, what's up, guys? Scott here. I'm going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll get right back to the programming. If you're listening to this on iTunes, do us a favor, leave us a good five-star review. That'll help other people to find our shows. Thank you for that. All right, so I'm going to shout out the joint supplements that they have available over at truenutrition.com today. And uh, listen, if you guys didn't know, I mean, most of you probably do, 
I had a partial tear in my shoulder recently, and it was quite a scare because I thought I wasn't going to be able to continue lifting the way that I enjoy lifting. I don't want that to end, and thankfully I'm not going to need surgery, but I am going to need to take care of my joints, and this was a wake-up call for me. So I talked to Dante Trudell. It turns out there's only two supplements that will actually rebuild connective tissue. So the first one is hydrolyzed beef collagen, and they offer this through True Nutrition. It's not cheap. We're talking like $25.99 a pound. But listen, each scoop, you get 29 grams of high-quality, high-digesting protein, plus you're rebuilding your connective tissue. So you're using this as a supplement, and you're using this as food, so you can replace some of the protein powder you would have been drinking to offset the cost. I got the unflavored version, and basically there's no taste to this stuff. There's maybe a tiny, tiny aftertaste, but there's basically no taste. And what you can do is you could just mix in some crystal light or mix it with you know, an intra-workout that you're using. You could use it at any point of the day. I've been mostly using it either as an intra-workout or I've been mixing it with my pre-workout. I had a little bit of crystal light and I am good to go. The second supplement that I'm using is a product called J-Flex from True Nutrition. And the most important part of this is a supplement called UC2. That's undenatured type 2 cartilage. So with the beef collagen, you get type 1 and type 3. This provides type 2. So these things combined will give you the best chance of restoring connective tissue and keeping your connective tissue strong. Along with that, it also contains glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, SAMe, you know, things that you would expect to find in a regular joint product. And you get boswala extract and curcumin, both of which are great for inflammation. So if you want to take care of your joints, check this stuff out. And you can use our code ADVICES. That'll get you a little bit of additional savings. And of course, that goes directly to help support our programming. I want to keep lifting the way I want to lift as long as possible. All right, listen, let's get to our listener questions because we do have a, uh, a bunch of them this week. We got a bunch of stuff that we didn't finish up from the last episode. And for starters, one thing we didn't get really in depth with, um, and we don't need to go crazy with it, but I did want to talk a little bit more about DHB, dihydrobolinon. Uh, we You had rated that as being one of the more powerful steroids kind of available um you know what let's break that one down a little bit for anybody who is maybe interested and didn't get the full scoop on the last episode Uh, okay i was gonna say but we did talk about how it can be difficult to suspend can be a very painful injection if it's not made properly i feel like because of that it can be a a risk to even get involved with using it because it may or may not be a, a decent shot I know um, another one of our hosts, Skip, was using that, and he ended up getting a sterile abscess in his leg, which has caused him all sorts of issues. And and I know I've seen I've seen it happen just with very high concentration gear that's clean, um, you know, very uh, caustic gear like propanate and similar. I've seen these things cause infections because the shots can be so painful. And I've known countless people to have really, really painful shots with DHB. So I think that that's one real major concern right there. Um, but take us a little deeper with this one, Dave. It's also known as one test sip or one testosterone, which is probably what it was more commonly known of before it. It's been around a while and it's a bit like men, Trestolone. Um, it's one of these drugs that lost popularity and then as the UGLs in, in a search to come up with a new product yeah. have brought out old steroids. Um, yeah. And they're old steroids for a reason and generally because they're a bit of a twat to live with. Mm. 
So it was more commonly known as one testosterone or one test sip. Um, it's now more commonly known as uh, DHB. It is a derivative of equipoise, but that is really sort of where the comparison ends. Hmm. So it doesn't act like equipoise. It's nowhere near as mild as equipoise. It, it's it's quite a powerful drug. And people will have, if you want to try and compare it to something else, probably the nearest drug to it would be Tren. Wow, really? It's not as, as harsh as, it's not quite as harsh as Tren. It's not quite as appetite suppressant as Tren. Um, and you're going to see increasing vascularity when you're on DHP, as DHP, DHB as well. But from a point of view of method of action, uh, anecdotally, people have reported that it, it would seem to improve their condition and yeah. potentially some fat loss element to it. That's not stood up chemically, mm. but as we know, that isn't always the case. And anecdotally, we do see patterns and trends emerging that sometimes do stand as being correct, even though chemically they don't seem to make sense. Um, it, it's not that it's particularly harsh on liver or kidneys or anything like that, but it just seems to be harsh overall. Hmm. It's not something you need to use huge dose. Don't think, I mean, when people think about EQ, they think about, or oh, minimum dose, 600 mic. Yeah, they raise the dose. They use yeah. a lot. And, and it, it's so 600, it's 800 and, and above. Don't, you don't approach it. Even though, like I say, it's a derivative of equipoise, it, it would be like saying Tren and Decker are the same drug. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they've got the same bases, but they are completely different drugs in the way they work. Yeah. And DHP is very similar in that. If I remember rightly, I think it's anabolic's about 200, and it's androgenic's about 100, but I might have got them the wrong way around. Okay. So I'm just going off memory here. Um, but it, it's... Um, it's a world apart from EQ, and it, uh, you're going to go on the, the lower side in dosing rather than the higher side. Okay. Mo, no, I would say probably about 50% of people that use DHB will get to a point in the cycle where they dump it because it's just such of a pain in the ass to live with, quite literally. Hmm. Or they'll get to the end of the cycle and say, you know what? Yeah, fine. I got strong. It was a powerful drug, but I'm not living with that again because I felt like shit for most of that. Okay, huh. and, and that's generally what I see as feedback from it as as a, as a compound. Um, I think probably at a lower dose it would have more place, but people don't tend to run it at lower doses. I think if you were running sort of, you know, the hundred mg on an acetate base uh, or propionate base, should I say, um, maybe two three shots a week, you'd probably find it quite beneficial. Whereas you start going into the bigger doses. Uh, and then generally it does come as an ananthate, so it is quite a slow slow mover. Okay. It comes as quite a slow half-life. But I, I think the the big problem with it is really it's just its overall stress build-up makes it uncomfortable to live with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found – now, I, I found even though it is an, you know, a standard – like I found it that even though the ester would be the same as, say, a long-acting test, it took a – it's based on cypionate. That's his half-life. So. Yeah, but I, even so, I found that it still took a long time. I used it twice. I found that it personally, it took a lot longer to kick in. Like, I mean, I'm talking, I'm on it for six weeks before I even noticed anything. Like, I was asking, oh, my gosh, there must be something wrong here. I was at 400 milligrams. Once it did kick in, it was strong. But then I felt the same way later. I did it again at 600. And then I've talked to other people 
who had a very similar experience where they they took my word, they started using it, and they got like a month in and they're like, you sure this is going to work? And then finally two months in, they're like, oh yeah, this is working really well now. Yeah, I mean, I, if it was available as an acetate, I think it would be a much more versatile drug. Yeah. Appropriate. If it was unavailable as a fast-acting ester, I can see it being a very useful compound. Yeah. Because it's only available in a cypionate ester, I, I find it less versatile. Mm. And and it's one of those problems where by the time you actually feel it kicking in, and most people say around the four to six weeks mark is before you really start to feel it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take that long after that before you start to feel a bit shitty with it. And then you've got another four weeks before you're getting rid of the shit out of your system. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say three, four hundred mig is where you want to be. When you start pushing up to the six and above, you're going to start finding it's just not worth running at those doses, personally. Okay. How did you feel at the six? I didn't see too much of a difference, honestly, between the, the, the four to the six. Um, I personally didn't see it as being, any, like, to me, I didn't get the side effects that I would from something like Trend. I found it to be definitely a dry. I found it to be like a drier version of EQ. Like I got real EQ gets me real vascular, makes me feel really full. And I felt those things, but I felt drier than I did um, when I was on EQ. When I used it the first time, it was for a contest prep and um, I ran it all the way in and I did. I was really dry, really hard. In fact, I've got a couple of pictures here. I'll uh I'll send them over to you. Uh, you can see I just pulled them up off of uh, off of the Facebook, um, and I'll post them up here too for our uh, our listeners. But yeah, honestly, man, I didn't see it as being like a really harsh or strong compound in any way. Although I will say that I did get acne from it. Um, now keep in mind here too, this was my second contest ever, so I was very uh, very slight in size but i was peeled though like uh, absolutely peeled though i was very lean yeah i mean I, I can see it being beneficial going into a comp definitely yeah um I, I like you say it doesn't aromatize so dryness um hardness vascularity all seem to be traits with this drug very much yeah um i mean i'd be interested it's not a drug that i've seen tons and tons of antidotal feedback off so i'd be interested to hear what the viewers mm. listeners what, what do we call them by the way well we do have viewers and we have listeners so let's encourage both especially the viewers our youtube people if you guys have used dhb aka one test sip uh leave us a comment in uh in the, in the down below let us know you know yeah. what, what let your us know how you got on like. with it because i'm yeah. always keen to hear a broader spectrum of what people think of it yeah, check your phone, Dave. I sent you over four pictures. This was uh, I, I posted this before in another show. I think that when we talked about DHB, like I said, I was 173 pounds uh, at the time of this show. But um, this was Fat using bastard. what's that? Fat bastard. <laughs> this was using DHB at 400 milligrams. Um, I was also using Test. I think at 500. And uh, then I threw in some Winstrel toward the end too, at, at fifty every day for the last I think twenty one days. So it was a you know it was a, it was a, definitely a hard look. What it, what had happened was um, I had tried Trend before, and I had a lot of side effects from it. I didn't want to use that again, so uh, I decided I was like, yeah, I'm gonna see if there's something else that will work. So I used this instead, 
like I said, I got, you know, I got pretty hard from it and I didn't get the side effects that I would have expected from, you know, something like uh, something like a trend. It's, I didn't get any of the like the aggression or the insomnia that you would that you would. No, think, you, you, know? you don't get. It's it's not those. What I've sort of seen with people is he, he, there's no there's not really an aggression. There's not really the insomnia. There's not really the appetite crash or those sort of things. Mm-hmm. It's more a general feeling of being run down. Okay, now that I did feel because, but I can't tell why. You know what I mean? You were comp- Yeah, you were comp- exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You've got quite big calves in this picture. Thanks. Yeah, you should see them now, man. And I, and I filled the top of the leg out, so the rest of the leg, you know, doesn't look silly with the uh, with the calves. <laughs> Calves look huge in that second picture. Yeah, thanks, that, man. That front on in the garden. Yeah. yeah. It's just something you don't really see very often these days. So I, I'll show you uh, a shot of the like the, where they're at now. That they're they've always been pretty good, but they they're now and like I said, now I filled the rest of the leg out. But yeah, we had somebody comment because we talked a little bit about it, and I wrote that in the notes that we talked about DHB. But they're like, "Hey, you guys didn't talk enough about it," so I figured I'd uh, I'd bring it back up and maybe do the do the the, the topic some justice. Um, definitely not something that you would suggest to a newbie. I'm thinking. No, no, no. I mean, I would look at I'd look at dosing it per shot at 100 meg. I wouldn't really go much above that. Um, keep it in the three four hundred meg a week range. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think when you start getting higher doses, you'll start, and, and maybe that's just where bulk of because obviously most people that come to me come to me with problems anyway. So okay. I sometimes do get a little bit more of the negative side of things rather than a full overview of what everybody experiences with certain drugs. Mm, yeah. Um, so that's why it'd be interesting to see people that have had a positive experience about it because. To be honest, you saw one of the first people that have really said that they found it really good. Yeah, I mean it was it was decent. Like I said, I did get acne from it. That was the I th- can't remember if it was the first or second time I ran it. I think it was the second time when I pushed it up to six hundred. But there were other factors um, along with that too. Um, I think I was running more tests. I know that I was working at a job where I sweat a lot, and I'm sure you know there was just there were a lot of factors. Uh, would I run it again? I, I don't know. I feel like there are only so many options out there for compounds. I don't think I need it, you know, by any means. Mm. But I can see the allure, I think, becomes that you're like, well, I've tried everything. What else is there to try? I think people get that going in their head, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it definitely has a place in comp prep. Yeah. Uh, I think I could see that working. You know, I, I definitely think I'm I'm not convinced so much on off-season. Yeah. But then off-season, I much prefer to run the lowest stressful impacting drugs there are. That makes sense, too. That does. That's that. With with diet, you can't really avoid that, unfortunately. So you just need stuff in there that's going to get you nice and hard and peeled. But uh, off season, I like to keep things as stress free as possible. All right, I'll move on here. See what else we have from our feed. Um, does having a family history of high incidence of cancer make it risky to use GH? Yes. How so? Because it'll accelerate the growth massively so it's not going to give you cancer if you don't have it but if you have a chance of getting gosh man i told you dave off off air about a guy i know who was diagnosed with a stage four cancer and i know for certain that he was really big into growth really big into igf he's not a friend of mine he's just someone i know uh and i i just i feel bad for him and for his family and to think a friend of mine a good friend of mine has half his stomach removed through mm. cancer. 
um, oh. and he was using growth at the time. And through his own admittance, he says the doctors were astounded at how rapidly the cancer spread it, spread it, spread. Uh, and he swears blindly it was the growth. Uh, and it, it's it's well known that if you have cancer, growth is going to really make it, you know, spread quick. Cancer loves uh, IGF. It loves yeah. it. So you know? if you've got um, a history of cancer, you know, the problem with cancer is, you know, you can have it for a year and not be diagnosed with it and be completely symptom-free and, you know, you, it might be a small growth that's just slowly but surely expanding, and then you stick a cycle of growth in, and before you know it, it's ten times the size it was in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's a difficult one, but yes, growth will accelerate the growth rate of cancer without doubt. I don't think there's much in the way of evidence of it's causing cancer without some sort of predetermining factor there. Yeah. Um. But, um, I mean, the friend I'm talking about, he's, he lost his daughter to cancer. Mm. He lost his dad to cancer. His sister's got cancer. So it's obviously a genetic predisposition in his family, which wow. he wasn't aware of, you know, at the time. Yeah. Because everybody else's cancer problems came post his. Oh, okay. I see. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so, uh, yeah, I would say there's there's definitely an increased risk element there. Okay. Um, Phil Walker, we talked a little bit about this um, and possibly one of the other podcasts, uh, PEDs specifically for joint and tendon support. Well, main one's Decker at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, depend. It depends on your situation. Um, for argument's sake, if you had low test, then testosterone, bring your testosterone levels and estrogen levels up to normal ranges yeah. is going to help with, with joint issues if you're suffering joint issues because of low hormones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So low estrogen is going to cause joint issues. Low progesterone is going to cause joint issues. So DECA, DECA has been shown time and time again to be very useful in, in that side of things with collagen synthesis. And, and also it, it's uh, affected the progesterone receptor as well because it acts a bit like a proglastin. Uh, for those that don't know, proglastin is basically a compound that mimics progesterone. Okay. It's one of the reasons why Tren is as impacting as it is, is because it has a very strong proglastin effect, um, which actually doesn't trigger the progesterone receptor in the same way the progesterone would. Hmm. Um, and it's one of the reasons why you get prolactin issues with Tren. It's quite complex, but progesterone actually stops prolactin. Progestins actually increase prolactin. Okay. Anyway, I'm going way off here. Um, so I said proglastins, and I actually meant progestins, so I apologize for, for pronouncing that in totally incorrectly. Aluminium. <sighs> Aluminium. I'm trying to learn here, Dave. Also, you know what else? Anivar. What about Anivar? It's good for uh, connective tissue building. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if I was looking at connective tissue support, I'd be looking more peptides. Yeah? Like, yeah? Like what? BPC? Like BPC, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd go more that route than go the gear route. So I told you what happened to my shoulder. I had a partial rupture in one of my tendons. Um, I started uh, 200 DECA. And I started uh, 25 Anivar. The Anivar, obviously, I'm only going to do that short term. 
because you're not going to run Anivar long term. But I figure I'll do it for a good month. Um, and, you know, just the DECA, low dose, and I'll probably run that longer term. Along with that, I'm doing BPC. And I think I'm doing that a little bit on the high end. I'm taking about 1,000 milligrams a day right now. No, I'd say that's probably bang on. Okay. I, I figured I, I, it's, a lot it's of people like of it light, lighter than that. Yeah, but I found it's one of them that if you can afford more, run more. Yeah. So uh, I put a bunch. I, I got a bunch of it. Effect of dose, yeah. And I plan on doing that for you know at least a good eight weeks. And then um, from our sponsor, True Nutrition, I have two products. I don't have one down here, um, but one product. Believe it or not, it's called UC two. Undenatured collagen <laughs> uh, type two. So. Right. If you use regular collagen, which I also have, so I'm using, and I've talked about this on some of the other shows, but um, this product, it's called um, J-Flex, and it contains a bunch of good stuff that's healthy for your joints, including this UC2, and then I'm also using the uh, hydrolyzed beef collagen, which is, it's just a scooper, you know, like, like, like just collagen powder, and I'm using one scoop a day, which is 29 grams of protein, really high in glycine, but that's type one and type three, and then this UC2 is type two. So I'm hitting it from all angles. I plan on taking those things long, long term. Like I plan on doing that now after this scare with my shoulder, who knows what else I could rupture at 43. So I'm gonna continue on those things long term. The DECA, the only, shorter term, you know, BPC. The only shorter. problem I see with that is it's very difficult to know what's doing what. Yeah, but do I, I don't, you know, here's the deal. I know that they all work, right? Yes. So I'm gonna take them all. And then I figure the Anivar I'm only going to take for this first month, and then I'll stop that. The DECA, I'll probably take for at least eight weeks at 200, and then I'll decide on what I want to do with that. The over-the-counter health supplements, I'll take those probably long-term, like, for, you know, continue on with those. The BPC, I'll eventually taper off of that. But I have enough to do that for a couple of months, too, just to try to jumpstart it, you know. be interesting to, to see what happens as you start to drop compounds. Yeah, yeah. More so than anything else. Uh, there's, I mean, unless you're proper fucked, it's going to improve things. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see if you see a decline or a change when you drop out, say, Anavar. Do, do you see any difference there? Or when you drop out Decker, do you see any interest there? Yeah. So keep us posted, Junk Scott. I sure shall. Yeah, It. Um. so far I feel good. You know, I, I slowly started working back in. I had one actual, like, heavy chest workout now. It's been a month since it happened. And I, at this point, I've been able to do like one heavy chest workout. The rest, I did like three workouts before that that were light. So I'll keep you guys posted for sure. Um, let's see. Question from Grace here. She says, why do some bikini competitors get voice and facial bone structure changes? Can Primo do, uh, do this to some women? I know that when I was taking 10 milligrams of Anivar two times a day, I got a little bit more of a husky voice, um, but I was also overdosing during a build. Okay. Um, person dependent to a large degree as to how much virilization will affect a female. I know females that run a couple hundred mega tests a week and they get very little virilization. Mm. I know women that will get virilization on 20 megaman of our day. So it, it, it is very person dependent, but effectively virilization comes from drugs and dose and duration. So the longer you're on, the higher the dose, the more virilization you're going to see. Um, certain drugs are not as 
susceptible to it. So Primo is the, the usual one as when it comes to injectables that women like because it doesn't give huge amounts of realization. Deck is another one that's quite good in that that region. Um, obviously, your test does give high viralization. So um, it it really is down to how long is a piece of string. You know, it, there's there's so many variables here on the person themselves, um, the dosage they run, the duration they run. But yes, Primo can. It's not a case of Primo doesn't cause it can cause viralization. Anabar can cause viralization. Sure. All the anabolic hormones can. Uh, they all have the possibility for virilization. And it's just down to the individual and how much they take and how long they run it for as to whether it affects them in that way or not. Yeah. And then, two, it's it's about balance. So where's your estrogen level at? If you're going to do something to crank down your estrogen level, then any androgen is going to have more potential of causing an issue. Something and I wasn't... Where, okay. Yeah, something where Anavar ramps up the longer you're on. So when you first start Anavar, it's not too bad. When you start getting past week eight, that's when you start to see changes become more rapid mm -hmm. because it's when the decline in estrogen is becoming more and more prominent. Now, females are a bit more flexible hormonally than males for the simple reason of they have a hormone cycle, so their body's used to having very high and very low levels of hormone. And their adrenal gland produces a fair amount of their hormones and their tissue converts a fair amount of their hormones as well. And they can reverse, so for one of a better term, reverse engineer their hormones. So they can change hormones back into precursors and vice versa. Hmm, I didn't know that. Um, men aren't quite as flexible as that. So we very much are based around our testosterone. Okay. Whereas when a woman, women, when they take anabolics will shut down their HPTO in the same way we shut down our HPTA. Yeah. But that's only producing a portion of their hormone production. So they still have hormone production in other areas. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, only a, a women rely on test as much as men do. Mm -hmm. And all female, all female estrogen would have been tested at some point. Um, so, um, but they've got tests coming out of the adrenal gland as well. And they've got 50% of their testes converted in tissue. Mm. So they have much more flexibility in filling holes. But long term on something like Anavar is eventually going to lead to estrogen issues, mm. which will then the lower of an estrogen is only going to increase the valorization ability of that compound. Mm. Where, you know, running something like a very low dose of D-ball you're going to have higher levels of estrogen and you're going to maintain a more neutral balance in hormones there. But you've got to keep it super low. And yeah. the problem then is keeping it super low doesn't give you the anabolic building effect that you would if you were running 20, 30 megabanabar. Sure, sure. Victoria had an interesting theory that she said she's actually seen help. That She's, she's talked about how hydration can play a role in um, the thickening of the vocal cords. Mm. And that, know about that through balancing minerals that she's actually seen people be able to slightly reverse it. They've had so I don't think she goes around and talks about that publicly, but it's something that she's experimented with and she's seen some some results with. So she wouldn't want to say it publicly because I, she she wouldn't want to put her name to it and say that it was a fact. You know what I mean? But no, but it's interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. I've I've noticed the old eighties female bodybuilders and nineties female bodybuilders that I knew, uh, not knew well, but knew of and were around at the time when they were competing. And a couple of them had particularly deep voices, mm -hmm. voices that you would even say were deep for a man. Wow, okay. That 
they have since their cessation of use. It's been 20 years, but slowly but surely, hmm. their voices have softened. Wow, okay. And though they're still probably a bit on the low side for a female, they're no longer Barry White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is where they were going, you know, in the early days. But, I mean, obviously that's exposure to estrogen for 20 years rather than yeah. anabolics for five years. Um, and, and, I mean, that's probably the, the saving grace with women, generally speaking, is that their, their endocrine systems are, are much more robust than the males and, as a result, will generally come back. Yeah. I mean, women do suffer from shutdown, and some women do need a little bit of a gentle nudge in the form of a mild PCT to get them back up and running post-cycle. It does depend on the individual. But in general, women do recover very, very well post-anabolic use, whereas men can be hormone-reliant for the rest of the days. So as a result of that, a lot of the negative impacts in virilization can slowly start to soften with age. I don't think they all they all fully go. I think you'll always see a slight masculinity to a at least a long-term female steroid user, even if she's not used for 15 years. But as time progresses on, it definitely does soften them down a bit, and they get less and less and a bit more back to their original female forms. Okay. Um, thoughts on front-loading long esters? Is it worth it? No. No. What's what's your what's your thought on that? I know this used to be a real popular idea. I just don't see the point. Give it another week, another two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, twenty-four hours after injecting, I lost it's you. It's not that you haven't got high blood concentration. I said twenty-four hours after injecting testinanthate or sepinate, your blood levels will, your blood plasma levels will hit peak. You'll have a huge peak of hormone. I think the signal's gone to shit, Scott. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Right, okay. So um, it's not that the gear's not in your system. Now, obviously, it takes a few weeks of injections before they hit a plateau and a, a level that's, uh, you know, probably about five, actually, before you start plateauing on your levels and they stop increasing. Yeah. But I don't see the point in starting a cycle by taking effectively double the dose you intend on taking. Yeah, people used to do it all the time, man. I feel like you're setting yourself up for a lot of side effects that way. Definitely. You can have them, and, and the body's very much a case of, it. you know, it's the harder you push it, the more it's going to push back at you. Yeah, yeah. You're setting yourself up for huge immune suppression. You're setting yourself up for about a test flu. You're setting yourself up to become toxic very, very quickly. Yeah. And a toxicity that you're not going to recover from till after the cycle. So you end up being much more stressed throughout the cycle. Yeah. And the, the, what I, I don't understand with people is, so they have this argument that it takes three, four weeks for a drug to get in the system and start showing effects. But then when it comes to the other end of it, oh, I'm off cycle now, so it's done. Yeah. Well, if it took three, four weeks to get in, it's going to be three, four weeks before it gets out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what difference does it make? You just have it at the other end of the cycle. Right. Why is that? But... Oh, no, so it takes me three, four weeks for it to start working, but as soon as I do my last shot the next day, that's it, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't add sense. No, it, it's the same way front-loading with orals. Unless you have a specific reason because you're trying to get a specific amount of gear in, in a specific window of time. Yeah. 
It's like I, I knew guys that worked offshore. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they'd do three weeks offshore, three weeks onshore. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they would front load with orals or fast acting yeah. and shove a shove of slows in because basically from the moment they go offshore, they can't inject again. So they wanted their peaks as fast and as high as they could. So they had three weeks of high levels because they had three weeks of fuck all. Oh, wow. Um, so I know guys that have done it for specific reasons like that, but in general, just let it take its course. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a couple more here. Well, we have one more that we'll take, uh, and then um, after that, we'll go to uh, we have we have a, a personal question. We'll go to this one first, though. Carl Lenore, he says, uh, any value to low dose trenenanthate as part of your TRT or HRT plan, and um, how would you get it's in how low uh, how low were you? when you won't get sides uh, like uh, sleep disruption or loss of cardio. Uh, I wouldn't even consider it. Yeah. I don't understand why you would want to even consider it. I think he tried it. I think I've heard of people trying it, like replace, even replacing their test with trend. It's still TRT, Dave. Trend replacement therapy. Maybe this is me, uh, and I know as I've got older, I'm probably starting to sound a bit more like a broken record. But to me, that's like getting a diesel truck, and and, well, I'm going to put petrol in it and see how that works. TRT is hormone replacement. That's what it stands for, testosterone replacement therapy. Or trend replacement therapy. There's that. Don't be silly now, Scott. So... You're replacing your testosterone because that's the base hormone your body works on. With nitro. Tren has just nothing in common. It doesn't aromatize. So to try and run Tren as a TRT is going to result in low estrogen. It's going to result in all sorts of horrible, nasty problems. He does say as part. Yes. If you're going to run it with test, I just... Don't see where you're considering the benefit from that. It's more androgenic. It could get more growth, more strength. I'm wondering, like, I wonder, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Dave. What if you just put in, let's say, 25 milligrams twice a week? Why? To get if, to, to, to get some more strength in the gym. Go in a cycle. Be a little bit more of an asshole to people around you just a little bit though just you want to be a little bit meaner just be friends with you that makes you a little bit meaner and a little bit more of an asshole <laughs> thank you um, you see he said it he said it he said um, he's friends with me no i didn't say i was i just said be friends with you i didn't say i was <laughs> don't be putting words into my mouth here scott this is a semi-professional relationship and a semi-friendship relationship hate hate ship dislike ship <laughs> that all relates to our next question but i will finish up here first um all i can i i don't i'm struggling to understand the logic here um i understand we all want to be bigger we all want to be stronger but i just don't understand why you would would consider using the world's harshest anabolic for that process. Do a cycle 
with a controlled management environment. I mean, the, the thing is as well, we have no idea what, say, 50 milligram of trend for 52 weeks is going to do to somebody. Yeah, that's true. But once it's done, we know what trend does. Mm-hmm. We know how it affects the brain. We know how it affects the cerebellum. We know how it affects the amygdala. We know how it, it, its progesterone action causes major problems with prolactin uh, and how it increases estrogen sensitivity. That's the other thing. You'll never be able to test your estrogen while you're on twelve. You, uh, you would, true. but you have to get a specific test. Um, and so we know it has all these impacting things. So knowing that, you've got I've got to start to ask, is it really worth the benefits you're going to get out of 50 mega a week for putting something in that can potentially cause a lot of pro- – it might not. You know, 50 mega a week, 100 mega a week, you might be perfectly fine in 12 months, but we don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and some drugs at high doses have the same effects at small doses for long periods of time. And some drugs you can take low doses for your rest of life and they'll never cause you a problem. But as soon as you go high, it's going to fuck you up. So it, I, I really don't know, but I just don't see enough of a benefit to want to do it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Barry Kitchen asks us on the uh, YouTube he says uh, in the last episode, he says, a quick question for both of you guys, actually. It has nothing to do with steroids or supplements. You guys seem to have great chemistry. And I was just wondering, when did you guys meet? And how did you guys meet? It seems like you guys have known each other on a personal level, not just through the podcast or anything. It seems like you guys have actually hung out for years, like you're legitimately good friends. <laughs> I have never met Scott in person. Nor do we plan. Nor do, nor do I ever want to. <laughs> we originally met four years ago, four and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. You were the you second interview. interview that I did uh, for, yeah, I think you were like episode two of Advices Radio. And it was for UC. And then we've done. UC2. Yeah, we've done a couple of odd ones. Since then, hadn't we? I did one with you and Scott, I think, one day. and Yep, and we did another one for uh, the segment I call Huge as Fuck. Yes. And then uh, it was someone else that almost taking the piss said, why don't you two do a podcast? Did they? Yeah, someone mentioned it. Someone suggested it. And I hmm. think they were just taking the piss, really. And then I said to you, what do you think? And you went, yeah, why not? Let's give it a try. Yeah. You, yeah. you joined uh, Dr. Scott and I. That's what it was. Yeah, and then they're like, "Why but don't someone you?" Said something. I think someone yeah. said after that episode, "Why yeah. don't you and Dave do a podcast?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've regretted it ever since. Every every week, I uh, yeah. So we normally record this show on Tuesdays. We recording facing yesterday. Record recording Wednesday. I was prepared to do the show. I got ready. I got everything set up, and then Dave was like, "Oh, I don't feel so well," and I was like, "Thank God." I thought I had the week off. It, it's as I get close to Tuesday and it's four o'clock, four, half past four at my time, UK time that we record by about three o'clock. I'm getting really stressed and, and I don't feel very well. And I get quite anxious and I get nauseous. And upset. Yeah, I get because nauseous. I know I've, I've got to yeah. talk to this prick for an hour and a half. Um, 
As actually, as as the show's gone on, we've got more natural. We have got more natural with each other. We've gotten better at faking it, you know. Yeah, we 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 used to talk over each other. Well, I used to talk over you a lot, <laughs> should I still say? Which I still do. I'm I'm terrible for it. You're good um, at it. You're better at it now. I think. I think we, we have a better, you know, back and forth. Well, the thing is, you know, to just turn around and say, "Dave, shut the fuck up." Yeah, <laughs> now, I just put you on that, mute. Half the time, yeah. I put you on mute. I've noticed that. I, I've also noticed that when you edit it, there's a lot of footage seems to disappear. Just the, it's just the parts where you're talking. Yeah. I just cut those out. It's basically just me, and I'm like, "Hey, Dave, aren't I so funny?" And then I let you talk for like ten seconds. That's so generous. Yeah. I've been. What I've been doing is for the video. I must have been. Well, that too, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I if we have a lot of banter at the beginning. For the video version, I cut that because people don't want to hear us talking about the weather. Uh, some people well, might want to, you know. I, but I think I, from the feedback from the last show, I think people are, are, are also starting to enjoy our relationship. So you would term it as a relationship, you're saying now. Well, it's, it's a, like a professional agreement, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm contracted. I have no fucking choice. If I don't do this, I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> The court ordered it as part of my punishment. <laughs> I've got no choice. This is classed as community service, if you didn't realize. All right. This is instead of going this to prison, starting... I have to sit here and talk this bollocks with him. <laughs> oh, that would be a great podcast. That'd be really good. If we could set that uh, up with the court system in the UK or something. It's, it's, it's a funny old podcast, this. Yeah, we have fun with it. We appreciate you guys watching. And once again, if because we haven't taken we haven't taken a lot of questions on the YouTube. I wonder we might actually have one. I told a guy he could comment. We did get a lot. It's whilst not whistle. Dave is correct. I, I can't believe you got hammered so hard. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. People really got upset about that one. People. So People suspected that that maybe the uh, oral terinabol positive was uh, uh, from uh, like like the pro hormone halidrol. We didn't even speculate there. Yeah, but it's still effectively taking T ball, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a pro hormone is a precursor, so it converts. So it's effectively taking it up. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, an old saying, isn't it? If it smells like shit and looks like shit, it most likely is shit. Yes, that saying. We did have one on the thread I didn't get to here. Uh, this is from uh, Brendan Smith. He says, IGFLR3 question, would it be more beneficial to just run HGH? I think so. It's. I think you can get... People may disagree with me. I think so. You can get better... You can better source high-quality GH, I think. Like, I've seen a lot of IGFLR3 that's hit or miss. Well, the, the way I would – let's I'll put this into a, a, a terminology that I understand. Okay. Why buy a packet of Skittles with just the, only the orange Skittles in so you miss all the other colors before have less in the packet? Why not buy – which is the old IGFLR3? Why not buy the full packet with all the colors in because then you've got more Skittles and more flavors to choose from. What if you don't like the purple ones? Which is, what element of growth are you saying you don't like? 
The purple ones. <laughs> the purple growth. <laughs> yeah, the purple ones. What's wrong with the purple ones? I don't know. I know. Colorist you are. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. I purple. have to drink more water, Dave. I've only drinking two of these today. I want to try to get it. I've got uh, 40 minutes before I have to have my hematocrit tested. And then they're going oh. to. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is actually fake your results. No, no, no. I want to get my no, blood. You are as... you trying to hyperhydrate so that you get lower hemo when you get tested? No, no, no. Because it's still it's going to be high. Um, I was at 55. And uh, Corey says, thanks, lads. Thank you, Corey, for watching. Um, they're going to test it. I'm going to get blood taken today. But I want to be as super hydrated as possible so that it comes out of me fast enough. I don't want it to be too thick and take forever. I want the but veins to be. Well, just use a bigger needle, you big gay lord. That's 16, I believe. It's big enough. Yeah, it's 16 is a great needle. Mm. <clears throat> I hate needles, Dave. How can you? How can you be a competitive bodybuilder and a long-term steroid user and hate needles? I don't like IV needles. That's what it is. I'm okay with, with IM, sub-Q. I can do that all the time. But, uh, yeah, I, IV needles gross me out, especially that's, at 16 gauge. Them 16s are big, aren't they? <laughs> all right, guys. Like someone shoving a ballpoint pen in your arm. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to go get some more water. Dave Crossland. Guys, if you want to uh, check out Dave, go over to crosslands.org.uk. Uh, check him out. Of course, you can find either of us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com. Get Azoth. That's A-Z-O-T-H.com. And, of course, for you guys, you chaps, you blokes over there in the U.K., supplementdeeds.co.uk. Dave Crossland, I'd like to say it's a pleasure, but... You're contractually obliged to do so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Dave. <laughs> All right. Till next week. Ugh.